today, I've been given free reign on Romans 12. Always a dangerous thing. But imagine my surprise and my slight dismay when three weeks ago, Dan did this. Yep, Dan did an absolutely fantastic job preaching on exactly the same six verses God had given me. Well, after a little bit of soul searching, after a little bit of praying, I decided to stick with what I felt God had given me. After all, you never know, perhaps God is trying to say something. What I will try and do is build on what Dan said rather than simply repeat what Dan said. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to him, if you weren't here when he uh, preached, um, it is available on YouTube, on our YouTube channel. little plug for online there. All of our services are available on YouTube. So do go and check it out. Seriously, it was, it was great. Spot on the money, so I'm trying to build here, not, not uh, repeat or replace. So here we go. Uh, I have titled my... Here we go. There we go. I've titled my sermon this morning, this afternoon, Body Parts. Um, partly, come on, there you go. Uh, the reason I called it Body Parts is partly because I'm a big kid and it made me giggle, uh, but mostly uh, for reasons that will become a little bit clearer as we go on. So I'm going to start as we always should, by reading it through. So if you've got your Bibles with you or on your devices, uh, I'm reading from the NIV. Uh, so it's Romans 12 from verse 3. If you haven't, this is not working very well, right? It is up on the screen. So, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us, If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So before we get into those verses... I want to talk a little bit about surfs. Not that kind of surf. That kind of surf. The medieval feudalist debt bondage of the peasants of the Middle Ages. Now the reason I bring this up is because I think that our modern attitudes to service don't actually come from slavery as we might imagine. The reason I think this is because I'm not sure that a lot of us equate service with losing our liberty or being owned by someone. 
Instead, I think that there's a sense in our culture that serving is somehow demeaning or of low value. Even in our own cultural setting, this is completely counterintuitive. Because we also hold that receiving good service is one of the most important and highly prized attributes in many industries. It's crazy, right? It's just one of the many examples of how broken our worldview is, even when you hold it up against itself. When you bring in a biblical perspective, of course, it helps us to get a much clearer picture of what service means, what it means to serve, and how vitally important that is to the functioning of our lives, of our relationships, and of course, our church. Now, why am I going on about this? Well, it's for this reason. There's a direct reference to serving in these six verses. In verse 7, Paul says, If your gift is serving, then serve. Now, reading that at face value might lead you to think that serving is only something that some of us do. It's a gift that some of us have because it's included in a list with lots of other stuff. But actually, I think if we look at it that way, we're missing a vital nuance in what Paul was trying to say. The word that's actually translated in our Bibles as serve in this context is actually more likely to refer to something we might be more familiar with calling ministry. It's certainly referencing a specific role uh, and is not just generically talking about serving. In fact, we could say this. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then serve others with prophecy in accordance with your faith. If it is ministering to others, then serve through your ministry. If it is teaching, then serve others by teaching. If it is to encourage, then serve others by giving encouragement. If it is giving, then serve others by giving generously. If it is to lead, serve others by leading diligently. If it is to show mercy, serve others by showing mercy cheerfully. Now, as Dan said before, this is not meant to be an exhaustive list. It's not supposed to infer or invoke any kind of hierarchy or order of importance. The importance of this is that whatever you have been gifted to do, do it. And do it with the right attitude. Now, another thing that Dan uh, brought up was the uh, phrase at the beginning, which was, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. Now, that's certainly something I have been guilty of in the past. And almost invariably, it's led me into difficult situations with those closest to me. I hope now that I am a little older, a little wiser. It's debatable, but go with me, 
and I can exhibit a little more humility in my approach to things. But as Dan also mentioned, this does swing both ways. I've equally been guilty many, many times of thinking of myself less highly than I ought. You see, humility can very quickly become self-deprecation. We start to second-guess our abilities and the gifts that God has given us. Too much of doing that leads to stepping back from what God has given us to do. And it means we lose our ability to serve others in the gifts that God has given us. What I'm doing now is a great example of that. It requires a great deal of confidence to stand up in front of people and to try and communicate what God has given you. Too much confidence leads to arrogance. And I certainly hope I'm not being that. But too little confidence in delivering what God has put on your heart leads to a reluctance to do it at all, and I might never have even stood up. I want to also take this one step further on. Let's get rid of that. Because I think there's a wider implication to this as well, beyond how we view ourselves. and I would suggest we need to take real care in how we apply this to this thinking to others. We should not think of others more or less highly than we ought either. See, I really like the Eugene Peterson quote that Dan uh, used, so I'm stealing it. Uh, you know, one body and all that, Dan, so it's all good. But he said this, The biblical fact is there are no successful churches. Instead, there are communities of sinners gathered before God week after week in towns and villages all over the world. The Holy Spirit gathers them and does his work in them. And to quote the great man himself, that's Dan, those in leadership are just sinners amongst other sinners in the community. Those who teach, those who prophesy, are just sinners amongst other sinners in the community. Now that's not to say we should pay no attention to those God has gifted in this way. Of course, if God has anointed someone to lead, to teach, to prophesy, or any other role or gift, then we must allow them to do it. All I'm saying is do not presume that because they've been anointed in this way, that protects them from being ordinary, flawed, human sinners. See, we are called to be spiritually intelligent Christians. Now, that doesn't mean you all have to go and enroll in KST and become theology nerds, although I would thoroughly recommend it. What it means is that we should weigh up everything that we hear from the front. Just as we would weigh up anything that we hear from the back. You should seek God on any message or word that you hear. 
especially if it troubles you. But again, here's that word, with humility. So that we're not led astray, whether by a misspoken word, we're not led astray by a misunderstood word, and that we're certainly not led astray by our own preconceptions. So what are we saying here? I'll tell you when I get a drink. Some of you may be familiar with the allegory of the long spoons. It's a parable that exists in many religions, in many cultures. For those who are not familiar with it, Imagine this, two large tables, absolutely laden with food of all kinds. Picture all of your favorite foods, they're all there. There are people gathered round each, uh, both of the tables. Around one of the tables, people are happy, people are well fed. But around the other table, people are thin and miserable They're practically starving to death. You go to the table where the people are thin and ask them why they don't eat. They look to you forlorn and raise their arms. Where you would normally expect to see hands, you see long-handled spoons. As you look more closely, you notice that many around the table are desperately trying to feed themselves. But while they can reach anything on the table, they cannot bend the spoons to their mouths, and so they cannot eat. So you go to the other table, where you expect to see people with normal hands. But when you look closer, you realize that these people, too, have long spoons on the end of their arms. The reason, the reason, some of you are ahead of me, The reason that these people are well-fed is that instead of trying to feed themselves, they're feeding each other. It's a totally abstract and bizarre image, I grant you. But the message is quite clear, isn't it? And it speaks to a fundamental truth of what it means to be human. Sub-Zero, your time has come. I did warn you, I need two or possibly three volunteers. There are two things I require of you. One, you must have on your person a mobile phone. And two, you must like chocolate. So if you have a mobile phone on your person, and you like chocolate, please make your way down to join me here. Ah, sorry, Nick, we got some volunteers. (laughs) While they're coming, there you go. While they're on their way, a very wise man once said something to me I will never forget. 
He said that in order to maintain a healthy marriage, you should be more concerned about what you can do for your spouse than what they can do for you. When you think about it, this goes for any relationship we have, including our relationship to the church. See, what happens if... Thank you very much. Please do take a seat. I will give you a call in a second. Applaud your bravery for coming down from the balcony. It's scary, I know. Where was I? Okay, so what happens if you think the other way around? If you think more about what they can do for me rather than what I can do for them? Well, it inevitably leads to disappointment, doesn't it? Eventually, they're going to disappoint you. Which leads to resentment, which leads you to see the other person as selfish and you feel like they don't care for you, that... You know, that leads to separation and the determination to seek out somebody who can give you what you need. Which only makes things worse. Now, of course, even that attitude towards a relationship only works if both parties are of the same mind. But that's the point. It takes everyone working in harmony serving each other through the gifts that they have been blessed with to make the thing work. So, as Paul suggests, let's consider the human body. Or as I've put it, body parts. It made me giggle, I don't know. You will no doubt have heard that one of the things that separates us and apes from the rest of the animal kingdom is opposable thumbs. They're very useful things. They allow us to use tools to grip things and to give uh, the worldwide gesture for, okay. You know, where would we be without being able to do that? I don't know. So this is where I want to try something, okay? So I would like to invite you onto the stage, please. Let's give them a round of applause. <laughs> you come to this side. Fantastic. Thank you. On this side, this side, this side. Okay, so what I would like you to do is I would like you to hold your hands up in the air. Hold your hands up in the air. Up in the air, like that. There you go. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to tape your thumb to the side of your hand like so. I hope you're not allergic to tape. <laughs> Should have probably checked that. And the other one, yes, yes. Let's not have any cheating here. Okay, and the same for you, please. Here we go. Right, here we go. And the other one. Very entertaining for the people out there. It really is. Right. No, no, no. I'm a, I'm a professional. No need to worry about the scissors. Right, there we go. Right, now, you will notice that on this piece of paper here is my telephone number. The first one of you to get your phone out of your pocket, send, oh, <laughs> send me a message, send me a text with your name without using your thumbs, wins this. 
Now, you know how quick teenagers usually are at using a mobile phone, and normally I would have expected to receive a text already. I have received a text already, but it's not from either of you. Ah, <laughs> oh, excellent. Is that you? That's you. I promise never to text you back. I would delete your number immediately. It's all good. But thank you very much. There is your prize. You may go. Thank you. It's up to you how long they have to keep that on. Right, okay. Just a little illustration. You know, if we lose the ability to use something that we normally use, it's quite difficult, isn't it? But it's not just our thumbs. Without our toes, we'd have to relearn our balance. Without the heart to pump oxygenated blood around our body, our lungs would just be useless sacks of air. But without the lungs, our blood would be of no practical use to us whatsoever. Without the cells that instigate blood clots and scabs, we would bleed out from the tiniest nick or die from infection from a small graze. You see, each part of the body is relied upon by the others. And each part relies on the others. In fact, the human body is such a marvelous machine that most of us, myself included, have absolutely no idea about how it works and all the little bits and pieces that need to work together to make it work. In fact, it's only really when something stops working the way it should that we tend to even notice what it was doing in the first place. Now, that's where you might start to see some holes in the analogy. Because there are some absolutely great examples of fantastic human beings who have overcome all sorts of injury, loss of limb, malfunction of bodily systems to live a full and productive life. And you know what? Praise God that we are so wonderfully made that our bodies can adapt to these things and that we have technology that helps people to live in a, in a normal way. But I'm telling you that this too is a picture of the church. You see, when you first lose something that you had, like a thumb, it will cause you a great amount of difficulty and you'll notice it every minute of every day. But after a while, you start to learn to live without it. You adapt, you cope. Maybe in time, you start to notice its absence less and less. And if you never had a thumb in the first place, unless somebody points that out to you, you may never realize you were missing one. If the church has lost some gift that God has given because the people that God has anointed with that gift are not serving or are not allowed to serve, then there's a danger that after a while we may start to get used to the status quo. We may start to develop coping strategies. We no longer notice the lack of that gift operating in our congregation. 
we may fool ourselves into thinking that the church is operating and fulfilling its purpose. But I'm telling you this. In order for the church to be 100% effective, all parts of the body need to be operating efficiently together. So how do we sum this up then? Well, first and foremost, do go back and listen to what Dan said because his conclusions on these six verses were excellent and I fully support them and echo them wholeheartedly, but I am not going to repeat them. Instead, I want to make this one plea. Please go away from here this afternoon and ask yourself this question. This question. What is my gift? What has God called you to do? Now, don't necessarily be sucked in or distracted by the obvious, the leaders and the teachers and the prophets. Remember that the gifts God has given to the church are numerous and varied. Some are front and center, but there are many, many, many more that are hidden behind closed doors, and they are all needed. They are all valuable, and they are all essential to the church operating to its full potential. Now, if you don't know what God has called you to do, if you can't answer that question, then don't worry. But remember this. God has already gifted you. You don't actually need to ask him for a gift because he's such a good, loving father. He has already given you one. You may already be serving the church in the way that God has called you, but you don't even realize it. You may just not realize that God wants you to use the gifts he has given you to serve the body. If that's you, then I'd like you to pray. Not that God would give you a gift, but that God would reveal what that gift is. I'd like you to get someone else to pray with you also. And I'd like you to talk to someone, one of the leaders, someone else that you trust, about how you can use that gift to serve the body of Christ. Now, if you were able to answer that question, then I have another question that I want you to ask yourself. And it's this. Am I using that gift to serve the church with all I have? Now, that's a tough question. I admit that. And what I'm not trying to do is lay a guilt trip on, trust me. I know, I know the challenges of trying to balance life. So I'm not trying to lay a guilt trip on people. But what I do want us to all take away and go away with is to have an honest conversation with ourselves about our priorities, 
about our focus and about where we place our energies. Because in order for the church to be 100% effective, all parts of the body need to be operating efficiently together. Thanks for listening. God bless. Done.